this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. It is good to be back with you as we continue our sermon series uh, that we're calling Stranger Things when we're exploring kind of these slightly uh, odd, bizarre passages in the Gospels and stories of Jesus. And um, we're going to be looking today at the Gospel of John. And so this will be John 13, verses 23 through 30. After saying this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and declared, Very truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he was speaking. One of his disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter therefore motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So while reclining next to Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. So when he had dipped this, the piece of bread and gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, after he received the piece of bread, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, Do quickly what you are going to do. Now no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas had the common purse, Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the piece of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. May God's blessing be on the reading and hearing and living out of this word. I uh, always kind of like, there's a, I can't remember the exact website it is, but it always, it tells us like uh, what national months are. So for example, uh, there's, I'm sure a national coffee month or a national rock collecting month uh, or a national uh, baseball month or whatever. And so I was thinking about, of all things, sandwiches this week. I'll explain more about that in a moment. But you may or may not have celebrated National Sandwich Month, which was uh, in August. I confess I did not know that myself. And so I was looking a little bit about how does one celebrate National Sandwich Month? Obviously, one probably eats and or makes uh, different kinds of sandwiches. And as I was reading around, I'd wondered uh, how particular are people about their sandwiches. So for example, as children, we may be somewhat particular about how we want our sandwiches made, crusts on or off, whether we want to cut them diagonally or vertically. Um, I was reading about uh, Elvis's famous sandwich, the peanut butter, banana, and bacon sandwich. My son growing up was a fan of mayonnaise sandwiches, which we always thought was a little strange, Uh, but we didn't you push it. He liked just plain old mayonnaise on his sandwich. I think he, now he's kind of outgrown that. It's been a few years since he's had a mayo sandwich, but we always kind of laughed at that. Well, there's another kind of sandwich that I want to talk about today, a metaphorical one that we see in today's passage. And some may think that this uh, is a bit of an odd sandwich too. All of this again goes along with our sermon series, uh, Again, Stranger Things, <clears throat> where we take a look at some of the more puzzling, even bizarre stories from the Gospels. Well, there might be a couple things that strike us as odd about today's passage from John. Uh, one might be, would you, if you were listening and getting a sense of it, you may have heard that uh, some people were reclining uh, when they are having this time with Jesus. And so you might have wondered, why are we don't recline when we eat, but in fact, uh, this was during Roman period, uh, Roman Empire, during the Roman Empire, and in Roman dining rooms, 
they had what was called a triclinium. So these were couches around a central table, and the table was a low block, and so people would lean uh, on their left elbow so that they could eat with their right hand. So that might seem like a strange thing about this passage. You may be a little taken aback by the phrase, Satan, Satan entered into him meaning him being Judas. And so for some, that's may not be part of their own tradition. So you can ask, what's that about? Well, or maybe it's the bread. Why would Jesus, in a sense, out Jesus, uncover who Jesus really was by giving him bread dipped in a dish? Well, that's where we're going to put more of our focus today. We're going to get into that. And it relates to, I think, what's really strange about this passage. And that is Jesus' actions throughout John 13. And it relates to this metaphorical sandwich that I'm talking about. Well, the first part of this sandwich comes from John 13, 1 through 20. So the passages or the verses leading up to what we read today. You may have heard of the story of Jesus washing of feet or the disciples' feet. It's something that we often talk about during Holy Week or Maundy Thursday in the church, this very radical act where Jesus, uh, the one whom others were beginning to follow, the one that others would call Lord, the one perhaps that they thought this is the Messiah. So understandably, usually that would be the one who would be elevated. That would be the one that others should wash the feet of. But instead, as a way for Jesus to get a message across of humility and service, he goes through and enacts one of the most radical examples of discipleship and service to God that we read in the scriptures. And it all starts with love. The very beginning of John 13 says, having loved his own who were in the world, Jesus loved them to the end. So love, in a sense, this radical, upside-down kind of love, love is the thing that begins this sandwich. We pay attention when we read this passage about Jesus watching the feet we pay attention to Peter because Peter is the one who has lines in this passage. He's the one who protests Jesus washing his feet at first, uh, saying that we should be the one washing your feet. But Jesus also, in this passage about uh, washing of feet, he does something that I'd missed before. I never really paid attention to it. And that's this. Now, the text tells us, the scriptures tell us in verse 11, that Jesus knows that that Judas is going to betray him. Verse 11 says says it outright. Verse 11 says, For he knew who was to betray him. So Jesus knows all of this going into this final scene. But verse 5 tells us that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And by that, disciples' feet, I mean plural. And I take that to mean that he washed all of their feet including the one who was to betray him. So, this is the first part of this metaphorical sandwich. This radical love is the first part of it. The middle part comes with this passage that we read today, talking about betrayal. Jesus starts this passage clearly, verse 21, saying, Very truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Now, This is, I think we should pay attention to the fact that this is not easy for Jesus. The passage tells us that Jesus is troubled. And really, when we do some interpretation, the Greek verb for the word troubled in the text really means a form of anger or indignation. So when it says that Jesus was troubled, 
This is much more than just slightly bothered. Jesus is angry. All kinds of emotions are happening within him. And we shouldn't be surprised by this. I mean, a feeling of betrayal is hard. Trust is broken. Friendship is lost. I did some searching on the internet this week, and I think many people agree. There are lots of articles online about how to cope from or how to cope with betrayal, including from such websites as Psychology Today. And even Oprah has an article on her website on how to deal with and respond to when someone betrays you. There's a website called datingasociopath.com. I'm always intrigued by the kinds of websites that come up. And this website defines betrayal in this way, or talks about betrayal in this way. It says, nothing stabs you in the heart harder than when the knife is in your heart and back at the same time. Betrayal is the worst feeling of all because the truth about betrayal is that it always comes from someone that you either love or trusted. So we can understand why Jesus is troubled or certainly much more than troubled. And yet after the disciples question him about who it might be, who is the one who betrays him, Jesus responds not by shining a spotlight or by pointing fingers at anyone, but instead Jesus responds by feeding. So, for those who are wondering, why does Jesus give Judas bread? I think he is continuing this theme of radical love that he started when he washed his disciples' feet, again, including Judas. Knowing that Judas was going to betray him, Jesus still washed his feet And now we see that Jesus is feeding Judas too. There's a biblical scholar named Gail O'Day. She passed away, sadly, a couple of years ago, but she, she writes this about what's going on in this passage. She writes, Jesus' words and actions reinforce that the betrayer is one of Jesus' intimates. He is one to whom Jesus offers food as a gesture of friendship and hospitality, even though Jesus knows that Judas is the one who will betray him. So, the first part of this sandwich is radical love. The middle part here is betrayal, yes, but also continuing in this kind of theme of radical love, of Jesus both washing the feet and feeding the one who is to betray him. So, what's the third part of this sandwich? Well, we come back now to love. We come back to love as we continue on in this chapter, verses 31 through 35. There's a section here, this section, at least in in one of my Bibles, is entitled The New Commandment. So Jesus says this in these passages. Again, this is after the passage that we read today. Jesus says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus finishes up this interesting kind of uh, metaphorical sandwich by again emphasizing what is the key thing here? Love, 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 even in the midst of betrayal. This, I think, is the strange thing. 
in this whole passage because it is so countercultural to what we see in our society. Think about, I would imagine that all of us have been betrayed at one point or another. And the initial reaction is not to wash their feet. The initial reaction is not to uh, feed them. The initial reaction, of course, is to get revenge or to harm them in some way. That's, I think, what our society expects us to do. And yet Jesus shows us something strange. I was thinking about one of the stories that has always stuck with me throughout my ministry. It was something that I did um, at a previous church. And it was a response, not necessarily to betrayal, though I guess as I think about it, maybe it was a little bit. So there was a <clears throat> person in a previous church that I will uh, I'll call him Ernest. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are people in our churches who feel passionately about their church and at times, they feel so passionately that perhaps they uh, respond or say things to people that aren't very Jesus-like. And so I was having some of these issues with, with Ernest. The interesting thing about Ernest was that I could have good conversations with him. They were, uh, we were honest with one another. They were, um, and I felt like we were on a good wavelength, even though sometimes we disagreed. I felt like we disagreed in pretty healthy ways. But I felt kind of betrayed by Ernest because he would then at times uh, write me letters or emails that went against what I thought were these pretty good, healthy conversations. He would say really pretty mean things in these um, missives. And so I would, they would bother me. I would get angry. I would feel, uh, I would feel, I guess, in a sense, betrayed because it felt like we were having one kind of relationship when it turns out maybe we were having a different kind of relationship. And so I tried all kinds of things or think, tried to think about all kinds of things, ways to respond to these uh, letters and emails. And I talked to others and others had been on the receiving end of these messages too over the years. And sometimes people would yell at Ernest. Uh, Other times people just ignore it. So I decided to try something else. And in a sense, I don't know if I was following necessarily the explicit uh, passage here in John, but it kind of came to me. My wife is a, a really great uh, cook and, and baker, and one of the things that she makes every year is homemade jam. That's always a, a prize to receive uh, from anyone who has gotten this. Either she puts it up at the Urban Village Silent Auction, and it always gets a pretty good uh um, gets a good price on what people want to, because people want to buy this jam. So I thought I was going to do something pretty different and pretty radical. And I took two jars of this jam and I wrote a note to Ernest and as a way to kind of express my appreciation for the many years of service that Ernest had given to the church. So even though Ernest was writing these things to me and making me so angry, I thought, you know what? here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to feed him. So I wrote this note and presented these two jars of jam to him. And he was grateful for them. And I think maybe a little bit surprised too. Now, I've shared this before in previous sermons, I think this story. And I always say that, wouldn't it be great in this story if, if I knew that, or if I could say that this jam 
was the thing that changed Ernest forever, that he no longer wrote these notes and letters. I wish I could say that, but it didn't happen. We still would have conflict over the years. And at times, even after this, I would feel betrayed. But the thing that this whole thing did for me was not that it changed Ernest. And to be honest, I think maybe I'd hope that it would. But as I look back on it, it didn't change Ernest, but I think it changed me. And it changed the way that I respond now uh, to those uh, who I feel maybe betray me or break a trust. And that's the thing about when Jesus talks about love. Of course, we know perhaps Jesus, one of Jesus' most famous sayings, to love our enemies. And I always have to catch myself and remind myself that Jesus does not say to change our enemies. Jesus doesn't say, love your enemies, and then they will do a 180 and then begin to treat you kindly. Jesus doesn't say that. It's not our job to change the people who betray us. It is our responsibility to change ourselves with God's help. So when we begin to think about this, uh, what I'm calling this love sandwich, and sometimes in the midst of that, there is betrayal, I hope that we can begin to think about how we can continue on sharing love in strange, odd bizarre ways. Gary Charles is a pastor at Central Presbyterian Church in Atlanta, and he sums it up this way. He said, it is this kind of love. It is that kind of rugged love that binds together a community. Even when the shadow of death grows, betrayal hovers, and division threatens the family. This is the kind of love that we are called to live out, that we are called to incorporate into our lives. Uh, the kind of way to sandwich uh, our own ways of following Jesus, that it should surround, be surrounded by this kind of love, even in the midst of things that don't quite make sense to us, even in the midst of moments when we feel hurt or feel loss. Can we enact this kind of radical love to even go so far as to wash the feet of those who betray us? to even go so far as to feed the ones who break that trust. It is not easy. But as I've been saying throughout this sermon series, when we do so, our hope is that others will look at us and be taken aback by this kind of love and may say to themselves or to us, what a strange thing you're doing. And our prayer is that they will respond by saying, tell me more. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for listening, continuing to listen to this uh, podcast. I'll be back to finish up this sermon series next week. And uh, so, as always, you can reach out to me, christiancoon.com is my website, and my email address is christian at urbanvillagechurch.org. So, friends, until the next time, may the peace of Christ be with you. My light.